Chained to our desk here in the heart of the Nipty Radio Recording Studios, welcome to our next edition of the Nipty Practice Tips. Today, our topic is chain of custody. When either party is introducing physical evidence, which is claimed to be an object associated with the crime, the party offering the evidence must establish that 1. It is the identical evidence involved in the crime, and 2. It has not been tampered with. When an object is unique and not subject to material alteration which would not be readily apparent, such as a driver's license, identification of the object by a witness will be sufficient to warrant admission. When the object is not readily identifiable, such as a broom handle, or is subject to possible undetected alteration, known as being fungible, such as a firearm or a controlled substance, Meeting the two-rule requirement becomes more difficult. Establishing a complete chain of custody is just one of the accepted techniques for meeting the two-rule requirement for the admission of evidence. In a case from the first department handed down on December 15th of 2016, People v. Hunt, a television cable which was allegedly used to strangle a victim was admitted into evidence without the people establishing a sufficient chain of custody due to its unique paint stains which were identified along with the cable at trial by a witness who was at the scene of the crime the foundation was properly laid without the need for establishing a proper chain of custody two core points to remember when introducing physical evidence and dealing with the chain of custody number one a chain of custody is not required to be established in all situations where you are proffering evidence at trial and number two, even when you are using the chain of custody to meet the two-rule requirement for admission, you may have some missing links in your chain and still be permitted to introduce the evidence. When there is a missing link or links, if you can establish with a reasonable assurance of identity an unchanged condition of the object by clear and convincing evidence, then the evidence will be admitted and it is left to the jury then to decide whether they believe it is the same object and if there has been a material alteration to the object. In other words, the missing links at that point go to the weight to be given the evidence at trial and not to its admissibility. There are numerous cases from the Court of Appeals and all the departments which stand for this proposition. Even when an object is fungible, such as a controlled substance, once it has been tested, the subsequent chain of custody is significantly less important than from the time of recovery to the time of testing. As the Court of Appeals wrote in People v. Julianne, the core case in the discussion of chain of custody, it is undisputed that a chain of custody was adequately established from the time of seizure to the time of the first chemical analysis. Its finding that the package contained illegal drugs could not be affected by any tampering that might have occurred after the analysis. Thus, there was no possibility that the gap could have permitted any prejudicial alteration of the contents of the drugs initially seized. 
the gap discussed in that quote was a gap after the testing had been done. A sufficient chain of custody may be established with the use of previous lab or ballistics test reports, such as in tests for narcotics or ballistics tests of firearms, for example, when evidence needs to be retested. You are not permitted to introduce the opinion of the technician as to the ultimate issue of operability or the existence of a controlled substance, as this would conflict with the Crawford line of cases and the right of confrontation. However, the rest of the report, including the identifying numbers and descriptions of the objects, are permitted to be introduced as business records and are not considered testimonial in the context of Crawford. See, for example, the New York Court of Appeals decision in People v. Freysonet. When introducing recorded phone calls or videos of crimes or other relevant events, a chain of custody is only one method for establishing the foundation for admission. The Court of Appeals decisions in People v. McGee and People v. Ely establish that a person who is party to the recording or a witness to it may testify to its being an accurate recording or representation of the event or conversation the party purports it to be. In such cases, identifying the conversation or an event visually recorded meets the first rule. The evidence still must be sufficient to establish by clear and convincing evidence that there has been no material alteration of the recording. The same witness is often able to establish this fact, but not in all cases. In those situations, establishing a substantial chain of custody may be required in order for this evidence to be admitted. Please be sure to read the written version of this NIPTI practice tip for all of the case citations and authority for the issues presented here. In addition, please also see the enhanced memo, Chain of Custody, the Introduction of Physical Evidence, that can be found in the Prosecutor's Encyclopedia. Our thanks as always to our crack producer, Jonathan Marconi-Crespino. Good luck, my friends, and stay ready. Stay ready.